On this episode, we discuss the death checklist, things that you might need to know, where to go, who to talk to, and how to prepare for your own death. Because when your death comes, you need to have that list ready. Let's talk about death, baby. Let's talk about grief and mourning. Is it argumental or existential? What's it mean to me? Let's talk about death. Psychologist. Hey, Nick, let's talk about death. Let's do it. Today, we're going to be talking about the death checklist, Benny Boy. Yeah, that's this. This is a kind of a thing I've wanted to talk to you for a while on this podcast. Well, here's your opportunity. Go ahead. Well, let's get started. So, a death checklist. My idea for this is I, I have the honor of taking care of all these families, and the ones that I find are more prepared have things in order. What does that mean? What kind of things should I start maybe checklisting, right? Even before you talk to your funeral funeral director, start talking to your family or at least your you know your your loved one, your spouse or whoever is going to be in charge of taking care of you um, and your final disposition. Things to start getting in order are stuff that will help the death certificate, the obituary, and it'll also help uh, the funeral director get things um at least a lot smoother. For instance, maybe you have a specific casket you'd like. Maybe you have a specific cemetery you'd like. Maybe a pastor you'd really like. Uh, Dr. Nick, which I thought was really cool, I was talking to somebody about the checklist, and they brought up that uh, they knew of somebody that in their will um, and also in their paperwork for when they died, they also had a list of their values, which I thought was super cool, right? Because we think of like the material side of that and and the the bi- biographical side of that when people did things, et cetera, et cetera. But we don't take in consideration the values that we hold, right? Absolutely, I th- I think that's a a beautiful thing to leave the gr- especially the grandkids and the great grandchildren, maybe the great grandchildren that aren't old enough to really know grandpa, great grandpa, so that at least they're left with something that. Basically, Grandpa wanted to hand down to them. I think it's a beautiful thing. But back to what you were saying, Ben, I think what you're you're kind of talking about or alluding to is is a pre-need, right? What yeah. is a pre-need? Yeah, so, I mean, all of this checklist will eventually go into a pre-need, which, I'm, uh, which, well, which I'll get to. But a pre-need is when you actually go down to your, go on down to your local funeral director and you set up everything. Now, whether that's financially or not financially, um, you could put everything down. So you put down the casket you want, the, the, the pastor, the church, what kind of services you want, how you want your final disposition to be. Um, uh, put down where you're from, your social security number, your, your birth date, your uh, ancestry, who your mother is with her maiden name. How many siblings that are still surviving? How many grandchildren you have? All of this can be done at any of your local funeral homes. And funeral directors would love to talk to you about this. Because not only does it make it easier and smoother for your family and yourself and a lot less stress to deal with when it comes to the end, but it also helps out the funeral director too because he already has basically a blueprint for exactly how you want to have your funeral if your funeral or memorial service 
or direct cremation, burial, etc. Now, I think a lot of listeners are wondering, Ben, does this cost money to, to do a pre-need with the funeral director? So like I was saying, um, you could go in your funeral home and just do a uh, like a record file, right? You don't have to pay money. Uh, in fact, uh, a lot of people don't. They just come in and they'll say, like, Dave or Ben, uh, you know, when it's my turn, can you put down that I want that casket? Or can you put down that, um, you know, I was thinking I wanted two-day visitation, but now I only want one. You know, these are certain things you can talk to your local funeral director about. And nothing's in set in stone either. It's not like if you go and you set this up, it has to be that way. Right, your family can switch things, or you can switch things down the line. If you're like, you know, I really thought I wanted a uh, a nice stainless steel casket, Nick, but now you know, I I, I really like the look of that cherry. Mm-hmm. I like that soft red tint of that cherry for, casket. For viewers out there, um, I have already picked up my casket. It will be the cherry wood, and I would love the piano finish on it. To Ooh, be honest with you, sounds nice. Mm-hmm. It sounds fancy. It's. It's it is fancy, but <laughs> well, I've always liked the look of the the woods. Right, they're warmer. They're not cold. Well, I don't know. Me, that's just my experience. Well, let me get into the the checklist a little bit. We have uh, uh, Dad and I through the years have printed out stuff that'll help um, even pre thinking about it. Right. So if a family comes in, they're like, "Well, we want to do a pre need, or we want to do a consultation with you guys, but you know, we really haven't had anything. You know, is there anything we can have that'll kind of get the ball rolling?" We have, we have documents they can take home, literally. They could talk to their kids about. They could show them pictures, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and this is the kind of stuff I want to talk about. So in that packet that you would take home, you would put in your name, right? Your birth date, where you were born. Um, that's a thing for the death certificate. Uh, social security number, uh, your, uh, serve, are your parents. And when it comes to your mother, her maiden name. So father, biological father, biological mother, maiden name. Uh, who is going to be the next of, next of kin or at least your contact, right? So we have that information for who to call or who's going to kind of be in charge, who's going to be running the show basically when it comes to that. Um, Nick, we talked about it in an earlier episode, but let's say it's a person that you want to do this, but you're like, I have nobody who's going to be in charge because I don't have any family. I don't have... Um, you know, anybody close to me, um, that's where this funeral representative can come in. And it's a, at least in the state of Michigan, we allow it where you, you, you pick somebody, they, you and them go to a notary. I think it's a notary or two notaries. You get it notarized. You bring it back to your funeral, funeral home. That legitimately document gives legal rights for that person to take care of all disposition, not anything else. Um, just specifically, they will be in charge of taking care of your body when you die. Uh, so another thing that you uh, people uh, should be starting to get in order is let your family know where life insurance policies are. Let your family know if you have an agent for stocks and bonds. Let your uh, family know if uh, there's any uh, pensions or who to contact. Any paperwork, right? Because there's usually one safe or deposit box and the problem is the older generation just didn't trust anybody or they either that or it was, I have plenty of time, right? You're 70 years old. I still have plenty of years. Well, that's not, and Nick, as you know, that's not very true. At or least, they forget about it, right? I mean, that could be a big thing too, you know, especially as they get older and dementia sets in and stuff like that. They might just need someone to remind them, hey, you got that 
safety deposit box, like you probably should tell someone about it. Right. Absolutely. And another thing to think about too, and this is on the legal side, I'm not going to get too much into it, but you know, at, at 60 to 70 years old, you really should start thinking about having some, so somebody as your POA or power of attorney eventually. And eventually if you want to even go further, an executor will actually be able to take care of things afterwards. POA drops, the power of attorney POA drops when you die. But the executor, and I think there's another legal term, but I can't think of it right now, so I apologize, uh, but that you have responsibility after the death. Can they be both? Can you can yes. you be the power yeah, you of attorney be power and of attorney, the executor? And you could be power of attorney for medical side, and you can also be power of attorney for financial side. Okay. So you can have one son who was really good with you know the books, take care of the financial side, and then you got the you know the one son that's maybe a, a doctor or nurse that can take care or daughter of, or daughter. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But so these are the kind of things. Another thing is, if you were a veteran, please, please tell your family uh, where your DD two fourteen is. If you haven't already, to make sure you go to your local VA and uh, take your DD two fourteen with you and put put yourself on file. Because a lot of files were lost, and I can't remember where the fire was, but a lot of people's old DD-214s were lost uh, by the government. Um, so if you haven't had a chance, go to your local uh, Veterans Affairs and uh, uh, sign yourself up um, and give them the, your DD-214. They may already have it, but it's just a great thing, and it'll make things go smoother when that comes down the line. Because your family, for you to get a flag for you to get any um, uh, money or uh, to be able to get the bronze marker for your tombstone, you're going to need a DD-214. Now, you talked about a lot of the legality, the the paperwork, the, that kind of stuff. I wondered what is stuff for people to prepare for, maybe for the service? Oh, uh, very, very good. So, uh, um, so we're, we come from a very religious Christian community. So I'll, I'll touch on that and I'll touch on things that aren't. Things to think about would be, do you have a specific pastor in mind? Do you want the service in the funeral home or do you want it at the church? Do you want a specific musician to play? Do you have certain songs that you would like played at your funeral? Are there, um, is there any eulogist that you would really like to have at your funeral? Um, is there any um, things that you've seen through other funerals that you really like? Like a bagpiper. Bagpiper, letting a dove fly, uh, balloons, g- balloon launch is a big thing. Uh, uh, there's the uh, the memorial videos. That's another thing, too. If you want a memorial video, realize it takes a lot of photos. So start getting your photos in. Now, uh, Dr. Nick, we were talking about the other day how the older generation would put a bunch of pictures in a shoebox, right? So then at the end, or trash bags. I've heard of trash bags in a basement full of pictures, right? These are kind of things you can start getting in order. A picture for your obituary. Maybe even writing your own obituary. A, I think that's a very uh, eye-opening experience to begin with, and I think everybody should do that. Um, But also having a picture to go with that. It's very, I find it very cathartic, and I think a lot of families would agree with me that have done it. Um, you know, I get a lot of um, the older generation in their pre-need file, they'll have a handwritten obituary in it, or they'll, they'll send it and they'll keep revamping it, you know, when more grandchildren come in. Um, also, one, and this is comical, but please find out how your grandchildren spell their names, <laughs> because so many times I have... I know I know the name is 
Copernicus, but I have no idea how to spell it. You know, these are kind of things to really start thinking. And it's a little comical, but these are things that literally come across the board all the time. What about um, if you're having a funeral or a, a visitation or an open casket situation? Can they pick out their own clothes? Oh, that's a good that's a good thing, Nick. You brought up open casket, but you or don't, jewelry and yeah, all that stuff. You bring up open casket, and you can also have a closed casket. For some people, they don't like the idea of people looking at them in the casket. So that is an option too. You could tell your local funeral director, you know, I still want to be embalmed. I still want to be made up, but I only want I only want my family to see me, or I don't want anybody to see me. These are things you can do. Um, clothes, Nick, very good. Pick out your own outfit. Pick out your own suit or button-up shirt or blouse or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that'll make it a lot easier for your children, too. I got a question about the jewelry. Can you put in your pre-need, I want to be buried with A, B, and C? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, now, when it comes to that, though, yet again, the children do have a right on that. So they have final or say. Or your spouse. So if they could change their mind at the last second, you know, a lot of families will come in with jewelry, and it's 50-50 in their minds if they're going to take it out or not. Um, a lot of individuals feel like a wedding ring should stay on their loved one because, A, it, it was always on them, so it's weird to see them without. But also, um, it represents that life bond. Right. But then other families are like, well, I want to give a mom's wedding ring to the first grandchild that wants to get married or, you know, and it passes as a family heirloom. I've seen it both ways, Dr. Nick. So I think it's just how the family incorporates it. Um, Some look at if you leave jewelry in the casket, it's wasting money. Others look at it like it's a tribute, you know. if you want to be buried with something, Nick, that's an interesting too. Maybe you want to be buried with your favorite golf club, or maybe you want to get buried with, and let's be honest, Nick, your favorite scotch. You know, there's a lot of uh, alcohol I don't know who being buried. Scotch anymore, but well, passport, a nice passport. Well, it could be a good one. <laughs> I got another question, real quick. Um, what about cemetery plots? Cemetery plots. That's another thing you could start getting in if you if you have a specific cemetery you want. Um, obviously, with inflation, you know you're gonna you're gonna probably spend a lot less money now comparably to when that when that year comes down the line. Where do you go to do that? Do you go th- through your funeral director, or do you have to go to the cemeteries themselves? So you can go to your funeral directors for support on where to go, uh, but most of the time you're either going to the township where the cemetery is located or a church, right? If it's owned by a church, if it's, you know, St. Joe's Catholic Cemetery, it's usually St. Joe's Rectory that takes care of um, selling and buying plots. Uh, But also, like, if you go to, like, the township, like Ida Township uh, Cemetery, uh, you can go to your lo- the township that that cemetery's in, and they'll have how to buy the plots. That brings up a good question for the checklist, though. Maybe that's another thing you got to add to the checklist is letting your family know that you do have plots. Absolutely, and where the paperwork is for the plots, because just just like everything else, yes, most townships, most churches have a great filing system, but as we know, that could always change, or it could be lost in a fire, et cetera, et cetera. This it's always good to have the paperwork too. So yeah, your paperwork on the pre-need, Nick. That's another thing. If you're gonna get a pre-need, let your kids know this is where everything is. Uh, my 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 strong strong thing is to have everything kind of together. 
So you have a packet that your kids are looking for, right? In a specific location, whether or two places, but it's the same material. They can find most of everything. The, the title of the house, the title of the cars, the title of any vehicles or motor homes. That's another thing families struggle to find is we know they have it, but we don't know where they are. So these are all things you can put together on top of physically putting together an obituary, um, the, the material that we're going to need for death certificates, like when you did things, your occupation, how many occupations have you had? How long were you at those occupations? Are you retired? What kind of hobbies did you like in life? What are your, uh, uh, were you part of any organizations or orders? That's another thing to add to the funeral, Nick. So let's say you were a Knight of Columbus, right? You might want the Knights to come and do a little service. Let's say you were a fireman. You might want the local fire firehouse to have a little ceremony at the visitation or the funeral, or maybe stand honor guard outside of the, uh, of the church or the funeral home. These are all things, if you have maybe even just a piece of paper you wrote up or this is the person to call for the, I'm just bringing Ida because we live in Ida, but Ida volunteer firemen or the Ida Shriners or the Ida uh, Knights of Columbus or um, the Lions or the Elks, the Elk House. Yeah, I'm not an Elk, so I'm sorry if there's any Elks out there. And the last question I have for you um, is, can you personalize your funeral? Oh, absolutely. Meaning, can you like do like special sense or like um, I, I don't know what, what I guess. What have you experienced so far? Well, as we come out of an untraditional uh, side of of our community, right? Before it was you had the visitation, you had the one day at the church. It was all church songs. You went to the cemetery. You had the luncheon at the church. You had the rosary. Yeah, the rosary the, the or kneeling, the scripture reading yeah. or etc. Now especially with you know people not so much religious, more spiritual, what they can do, what I've been noticing is you can have your own songs. You can have Metallica played at your funeral, or you can have a band come and play Metallica at your funeral. The, the thing I say about if you, want, if you want special things, have them ready, because the idea is to usually when it comes to a funeral, we are on a, de- a deadline, right? We have a time crunch here. We got kids flying in. Um, that's another thing too. Make sure that, you know, that's, that's that the kids need to be able to fly in. Maybe they don't have money to fly in. Maybe that's something you need to have for them to be able to come home. Or, um, another thing too is, um, well, I I guess what I was going, I'm kind of rambling here, but can you make it, the more you can make it about the per individual that's dying, I think the better, but you have to take in realization too that you can't have your favorite band play at your funeral most of the time because they're doing other things. So No, but I guess what I'm asking you is does, does and maybe this is just your experience, um, so it might be subjective a little bit, but how much are the funeral homes allowing people to specialize funerals? I'm saying I'm saying uh, the funeral homes and funeral directors are allowing to do let the families do what is a, what they're able to do, right? The idea is we're not going to repaint the walls for a specific funeral, right? But at the same time if you want a Metallica song, a, a System of a Down song and then a, a something corporate song at your funeral. I don't know who would be listening to <laughs> That's their three favorite bands. But let's say that's what they wanted. I'm sure most funeral homes would accept that. There does come a point with certain things that are requested that are um, 
value, like the funeral home's values may not or honor. You know, I've had people seriously ask me, can they be put in the casket naked and have their butt up at people? You know, like there's certain things funeral directors ex- have the right to say, you know, that's, I, I wouldn't like that. That's uncomfortable. That's, that's and just, the, I'm not going to do that in my funeral home. And with that being said, how much control do you have at churches? Yeah, and that's, and that's a really good one. I was raised as a funeral director in a small town where I was told when you walk into a church, it's their house, right? It's the pastor, the priest, the rabbi, the chaplain, the, whoever is running that church, that's their rules. Um, yes, I, you know, I, I would say you know, this is usually how we do it, but we don't have to do it that way, Father or Pastor, or is there anything that you need me to know um, because most most clergy and funeral directors work very well in sync. Um, there are occasional funeral directors, just as well as there's occasional clergy that that are very. This is my way or the highway. But most clergy, most funeral directors are willing to work together. And honestly, Nick, now the family has more say than they ever had with churches, right? So a lot of pastors, priests will say, "Well, what does the family want to do?" So, Nick, I think to, to kind of package what we kind of just all went through, right? Make sure you have a checklist. Start writing your own obituary. Start writing things when you did things, what years you did them, who your family members are, who are your preceded, what, are, what were your uh, hobbies, what were your job, your occupation, maybe you're in the military. Um, get your paperwork all together. Get your DD-214, your life insurances, your, your agent. Put it all in one bundle so you can have a dinner with your family or your loved one or who just is going to be in charge and say, when this day comes, this is where you'll find everything. Or, you know, one thing that I got out of it, I, I think, is just, you know, call the local funeral home. You know, if you've got any questions or you're not sure what exactly is needed. I think they'd be more than willing to talk to you. Oh, and I agree, Nick, because I, 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 the one thing I can tell you is when a family comes in and everything's been done already, it is a relief to the children, to the spouse, to be like, I can just literally grieve and be at a funeral instead of I got to worry about this, this, that, 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 you know. So, yeah, get your deck, de- deck. Get get your your deck death, of cards ready. Get your death checklist in order. And Nick, I think it's time to move on to, to some Q and A. A. Q and A, Q and A. Everyone loves that Q and A. So Ben, here's a question. A burning question I've always had is if someone has a huge debt and they die, where does the debt go to? Does it just stop or does it go to the another family member? A lot. I can't speak for every company or every or, or every. Uh, debt that someone would have like, you know, credit cards or, or whatnot. It honestly depends on, A, it depends on where they are. I know different countries have different things with debt. I do know that if you co-sign on anything, that debt always tran- tr- uh, tr- translates to the next person. Um, most things when it comes to debt go through what's called probate, if that's if that's set up. And probate basically sends a an article out that anybody who this person is indebted to has the right to make a claim, right? And then if those and once those claims are taken care of uh, monetarily through this person, through the person that's died, 
then the rest of the money can go to the family or who is ever next to kin or what the will says. Um, but most of that does get taken up in probate um, for debt. Um, outside of that, if there's a uh, like an interesting debt for some reason, I, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'm not on the legal side or the debt side. I do have, uh, I've heard some horror stories of farms and stuff with that, but you know, that's not in every case by any means form or shape. So I think to answer on my side, Nick, is that um, probate usually takes care of all the debtors that, uh, and then it goes, and then what's ever left over goes to the family. Okay, thanks. That's a good answer. The second question, I'm trying to prepare for when it's my time to go so my family won't have to. What are the top three things you should have prepared for a death checklist. So what are your top three, Benny boy? Top three things you should have prepared for a death checklist. Have your obituary written up, have your pre-need done through your local funeral home, and then have a deep, in-depth conversation with whoever is in charge of you on where all of your documentation is. Bam. Three things. Top three things. Nailed it. Nick, what's your top three things on deck, de- death checklist on a psychological side? That's a great question. I think one, talk to your family. Sit with your family. Kind of give them your own ideas of what your uh, ceremony might look like, whether that is uh, cremation or burial. Another thing I would say, if it is cremation, talk to your family about where you want your ashes to go, whether that is being buried, maybe scattered, whatever your uh, decisions are. And then the third one would be do your best to not have any regrets at death. Nice. Those would be my top three. Nice. I liked it, Nick. And, and I, maybe maybe ask for forgiveness to yourself and to others. Very good, Dr. Nick. Very good. Because that was four. I apologize. I did do four. I apologize, <laughs> but I think that's an important one. Well, thank you all for listening to this episode. I, I hope we answered all of your questions properly. If we didn't, please... Let us know. Uh, email us. Post something. Yeah, those are good questions. Yeah, keep those good questions up. Keep and us thinking. And we really appreciate you guys listening. Because if you aren't talking about death, you sure ain't living. <laughs>